At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, let's begin our off-season outlooks here with the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz, wonderful regular season. The sort of regular season that is really as good as any team could have, essentially. When you look at some of the advanced numbers, they fell off late with some of the injuries. But obviously, a a team that is poised to be very solid during the regular season, if they have their whole group and if they can keep it together. Also had a ton of flaws that emerged in the playoffs, both on defense where they don't really have many good perimeter defenders and Rudy Gobert can get spaced out and maybe to a lesser extent on offense going against the switches though they did largely score pretty well against the Clippers overall so I think probably the place to start here is just with the financial situation for this team. Yeah, I think that is a very good place to start. And there are a few non-guarantees that that are kind of on the margins, but a good rough assumption for the Jazz is that they are right around the luxury tax line if you don't count anything for Mike Conley. So that um, that includes the 30th pick. They have the last pick of the first round. They could theoretically, like there are ways that they could clear a little bit. They, they have some non-guarantees, which we'll talk about later. But roughly, that's the line. So so that means any money that they give to Mike Conley, to George Niang, that pushes them over the tax. And it appears that owner Ryan Smith, new owner Ryan Smith, is willing to, to pay the tax. But as we've discussed so many times in the show, there are a lot of different thresholds here. And where that line is, because for Conley, the years and the dollars matter. And so what, how far are they willing to go? And also, theoretically, what else could they cut in case what Conley, you know, warrants, whether that's through, you know, through their negotiations or he's talking to other teams or whatever, if that's more than you're willing to spend, how do you get from that point to where you want to be? Yeah, and we'll see whether there's a reduced luxury tax formula for next year. I don't think that there will be. It seems like we're on track to just have fans back in arenas have a relatively normal income stream again so if mike conley were to get a contract that were 20 million for next year and everyone else stays on the roster throw in their 30th draft pick which uh they will retain from that conley trade uh it's gonna get pushed over to 2022 they would be 20 million over the tax and that would lead to a tax payment of 47 million dollars and a team salary plus tax of 204 million dollars so especially in a market like utah that means that the team will almost certainly lose money at least for that fiscal year next year i'm going to go ahead and say that i don't think it's realistic that the utah jazz will pay that much tax to you and i hope i'm proved wrong 
and perhaps if they had gotten further in the playoffs that might have changed that a little bit but obviously they had a bunch of injuries and stuff too do you agree with me that we will not see the utah jazz paying a 45 million dollar tax bill next season i'm open to being proven wrong and smith just took over the team so we have to kind of see what his rules are going to be but 20 million seems like a lot now maybe 10 to 15 you could get into that range where it's a lot more palatable you don't get all the the ramp ups you know because though it's it's a progressive tax structure meaning that the further you are over the line you more you pay per dollar you're over the line and so that's going to be a lot for for utah to swallow and what gets sticky here there are two kind of different things so one would be okay um how many other teams are interested in Conley and what, what what kind of numbers are they doing? But then the other one is in certain circumstances, you could see teams say, well, okay, we're not going to go, you know, we'll pay you less per year and lower that burden in the immediate, especially with the cap eventually going up, but we'll do more years. But the problem for Utah is that they already have Gobert and Mitchell on these contracts. Like Dennis Lindsay did most of his work for the summer of 2021 last year because they got Mitchell and Gobert on these extensions. But the, so the good thing about that is, you don't have to worry about them leaving or anything else but the bad part is that's a lot of money locked up long term Bogdanovich has two more years at roughly 19 million a year so if Conley gets three to four years at that 15 20 million it won't let up until maybe 23 24 yeah and honestly 20 million a year I mean unless I think unless you go four years but I would say three years 60 million that's like Mike Conley taking a little bit of a discount honestly you know and I mean whichever of Miami or New York or Dallas or Toronto if they're still trying to compete kind of strikes out on Kyle Lowry and you know maybe some teams might prefer Spencer Dinwiddie and Chris Paul will assume he'll be back in Phoenix but Mike Conley you would think would have suitors and it seems clear that he would like to stay in Utah if he can but if he's just going to get way more you know shit like he could get two years 60 million instead of three years 60 million from from the jazz right so and even if you bump now if you could bump Mike Conley down to 15 million to start or make some other moves which we'll discuss then then your tax bill is like kind of manageable for it seems like for the vast majority of teams that are not the Warriors and then you know the Nets and maybe a couple of others who just haven't been in the position to pay it yet but might be you know we'll find out about the Lakers pretty soon you know that 15 million over the tax seems like a kind of a default hard cap and so uh that would just give them a team salary plus tax of 182 million so by paying five million dollars less you're gonna save over 20 million dollars in actual cash you know it's again it's just it's really hard to justify that type of marginal cost um so pencil in Mike Conley though for I mean I think 20 million over three years you know maybe there'd be a non-guarantee on the end of it I maybe I'll be surprised and it'll be less than that but I mean he's still really good like he made the all-star team this year yeah he's got this hamstring issue I mean maybe some teams would be scared off by that aspect that it does seem to be kind of a chronic thing for him now but uh I, I think you know maybe that's a little bit less in the first year or something but that that seems like I wouldn't want to count on it being much less so all right how do they create more room than other you know because Mike Conley is a bigger priority than some of the other guys how do they create the room other than by just not resigning Mike Conley it's difficult because we'll assume Gobert and Mitchell are absolutely unequivocally locked in and they should be so then it's the the only other players that make more than five million dollars for the Jazz are Bojan Bogdanovic after this you know so starting next year two years 38 million left Joe Ingles one year 13 remember he's extended a couple of times um 
Clarkson is in the second year of, of his deal. He'll make 12.4. Favors, 9.7. Royce O'Neal, 8.8. And Yeah, Clarkson, by the way, has 12, 13, and then a player option for 14 over the next three years. Favors uh, also has a player option for 22, 23 at just over 10 million. And, and this is exactly why I went so crazy when the Jazz gave Favors and Clarkson so much money, also for such a long time last offseason, is that there was this, you know, and we already knew about, you know, Conley's pending free agency then. It was that it, giving those two players a combined 20 million, and they're separate decisions, but you can think of it together because they were made at the same time. That 20 million matters a whole hell of a lot right now. If let's say 15 million is hardline because Derek Favors is a negative value contract. I don't know that there'd be many people who would disagree with that. About 10 million a year for two years. And Clarkson, sixth man of the year, might be easier to do something, but Clarkson also plays a really important role on the Jazz. So yes, I would guess that if you could wave a magic wand, the easiest way to do this, the best way to do in terms of the Jazz quality would be find a home for Derek Favors. Because maybe first round pick from 2020, Udoka Azubuki could step into some of that role maybe you could get a you know you could get a center tony, for the tony bradley a free agent Danny. tony bradley a free agent like you could get somebody for the minimum you could could do all those sorts of things but i you know like i don't think that's going to be going to be easy and what further complicates that is so if if people agree with me and i think they like the general managers will and the jazz would need to give up something in order to get off of favors 20 million roughly over two years they don't have a lot of great sweeteners so in terms of second round picks the jazz only they don't have a second until 25 and then they have their 25 and 26 and they owe their 27 so that's a lot out they also the jazz also have their own first this year but oh in all likelihood their 2022 first i think giving up a first for to get to offload dare favors is way too much but maybe you could get somebody in that deal that can also help you know like there are other ways to bridge that gap so it's difficult and it's also like with favors not being an expiring contract you can't necessarily do the mori i always think of it Daryl mori the mori trick of stay over the tax by more than you want to pay and then find a taker because favors like that's a lot of money it's it's harder to find that in the in the during season than it is in the off season actually I'm not so sure that favors I mean I think it's it's got to be it's got to be one of three guys who are going to go Clarkson Ingles or favors those are the three one of those guys that they're going to need to find a way to move and move without taking back substantial salary salary. now of course that throws in the fact that they also need some stuff on this team too which we'll get to but you know favors it's not uh, you know i know he didn't play all that well at times this year and you wonder about how many minutes he can play but you know robin lopez in last year's free agent market when i think there honestly were probably more centers available got what was it one year seven million i, I agree it's negative value i think you know with uh, you mentioned the problem with their second rounders um but just in, in a vacuum you know i think like a second a good second to get off of him i don't think would be like i don't think it would be more than that necessarily and it just depends it it could also be something like the jazz trade number 30 but but get something else back like maybe they get the the 40th pick in this in this in the draft as opposed to like giving yeah something like that could end up working too right and on that draft pick by the way they can trade that at the draft um obviously if you take a guy then that changes but they uh cannot trade it before the draft yeah and and a reminder there that you uh, can you can have a pick have a trade arranged pick make make the selection that the other team wants and that won't break the that won't break stepion because stepion doesn't care after the pick is made so if somebody else says hey we're going to do this that's fine um and you know i agree with you that favors in a basketball sense is probably the most expendable of uh, that group 
because you can you know there are options there's you know there's tony bradley they could try to go more the power forward get a small guy hope azubuke can be like your big guy on the second unit but then if you want to go with a group that's more versatile you know you can bring in kind of that uh someone who's a little bit you know maybe markeith morris or even like someone like mo harkless or maybe nemanja bielitsa or something some of these guys who are just going to be more 4.5s for you some with better defense than others i think favors also in a different setting could look a lot better defensively than he did this year because they just had absolutely zero defense around him on that second unit group when he would play and they would always get lit up and so he, he may not be the guy who can you know really be like a great defensive anchor but i think he can be a reasonable yeah, I mean, he could even be, you know, your 20-minute game starting center on some team that had some better defensive pieces around him th- than Utah does, where you're not relying on him to be Rudy Gobert when Rudy Gobert is out of the game in this defensive system. Uh, so let's talk about the other so, two, though. Yeah. I mean, so I would, Joe yeah. Ingles, who we both picked as the sixth man of the year, I would say that he is positive value at $13 million for next season. Ingles is getting a little bit long in the tooth. I mean, so he's... Angles at this point, he's 33. He'll turn 34 before the start of next year. But I mean, he shot ridiculously this year. He plays capable defense and forward. Yeah, I, I mean, in the regular, in the regular season, season, maybe the playoffs. Yeah. The playoffs, he might just be too bad. Um, sure. And so, and Ingles, he can, you know, I, I don't love him like necessarily creating for himself. He also fits beautifully in the Jazz offense. You wonder how some of those things would work a little bit differently. But being forward sized means that you could kind of fit in a lot of other places that that a like a six foot four dude cannot. And so if, I think if they if Ingles was Ingles in some ways is the, he's the lightest lift because he both has the shortest contract and there you know like there are so many teams that could just use somebody in their forward rotation and so they could do that but Ingles plays an important role with the Jazz and then also Ingles is a like part of the other reason why he's so important here is that he is a more logical starter replacement for almost anybody than Clarkson is because if you know if Royce O'Neal's out or if Bogdanovich is out or if Mitchell or Connolly are out I think that he is the more logical fit than Clarkson for those for those situations and odds are you know the Jazz stayed remarkably healthy this year odds are you're going to have a lot of points during the season when somebody can't play so here's a conception that I'm thinking of Joe Ingles and a first this is after already getting off of favors hopefully you don't have to do the first you waste the first is maybe it's the number 30 pick um or or a future first you know they've got they've got that option too right they and uh a trading partner would probably be more interested in in a you know first available draft which almost certainly will be 2024 because they're uh the pick they owe to memphis is top six protected next year so that almost certainly will go um so you're probably looking at 2024 first if you trade a future one Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing. But the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot 
step out of the car and still be warm enough when I was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that I didn't feel like I needed my jacket, even when it was cold outside. And things are amazingly durable. I proposed to my wife wearing an American Giant hoodie in the Grand Canyon almost seven years ago. I still own that same hoodie. I still wear it constantly. And American Giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing, like their premium Slub Crew tee, the No BS High Rise Pant, the Slim Roughneck Pant featured in Giant Magazine, Issue 2. Every American Giant piece is made in America and designed to last no exceptions, and it provides year-round comfort. So find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use that finisher code CAPSPACE at checkout. Please remember, we talk about CAPSPACE all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well, I felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all of my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns you can customize. Things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk about all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. What about a, and something like this? Joe Ingalls is after you've already moved on from favors but joe ingles and a 2024 first not incredibly well protected to oklahoma city for lugans dort what about something uh, and not even necessarily that guy but that gets them more spending flexibility they could also probably you know at least get into where i don't know if they could use the full mle but they could at least use the taxpayer mle at that point um dort obviously gives them a an element that they desperately need with more athleticism in the wing now it hurts their three-point shooting and a lot of that conception but you know you don't you you could put Royce O'Neal on the bench then if you wanted to or if you know you're just getting killed by the other team defensively you could go with O'Neal and Dort at the three and the four take Bogdanovich out uh have Conley and Mitchell in the backcourt and then also probably Joe Ingles appeals to Oklahoma City because he's another one of these guys where they could move him again to get more later as they've been doing what do you think of that type of a conception I like it. I, I think that the the reason somebody like Dort works really well, and I think this is what kind of in a way is a tiebreaker, is the amount of team control. Like the so it's not just a rental. Right. Like if it was a rental for for Utah, especially because almost all rentals that are worth playing for the Jazz are going to make more money at some point in the near term. But Dort two more years at a reasonable rate, and for for Oklahoma City, I think the the thought behind it is 
Ingles is somebody that you could flip again, you know, so so you're not just getting a first for, for Dort and all that. You're maybe getting, maybe not a first for Ingles, but you're getting, you know, something decent, or you could use it, him as easy filler, positive value filler in a in a different salary dump. That kind of a trade would, would also be interesting. So it would take away some of what makes the Jazz special, but I also think that with a little bit of time, Dort could potentially work work with the churn and, and do and do a good job. But also, I think the point that you're getting at is, is, is a particularly notable one, which is what the Jazz do do works but it also I, I think that you you need to be able to do more things do different things if the goal is to win a championship or make some serious noise towards winning a championship yeah maybe and yeah because they just I, I think their biggest the offense there's just no way to get the offense better like they've they've completely maxed out on the offensive side of the ball and you just yeah the switching thing's a little bit of a problem but you're not going to move on from Rudy Gobert I again I think that his the criticism of him is going a little bit far even as someone who said hey maybe this guy is less effective in the playoffs and that's the case obviously he faced one of the worst possible matchups but you're going to face a matchup like that if you want to win a championship at some point at least in most years <laughs> this year uh uh, maybe not because everyone is injured but uh i mean in most years you're gonna have to face a, a team like that and then but obviously if you're gonna space out gobert and then you're just getting blown by in the perimeter that's uh, untenable i think we we learned that so yeah getting more athletic on the perimeter that to me is the number one thing that you need and you just got to be like all right you know if we take a little bit of hit on, on offense that's okay you know we just think that donovan mitchell can be that guy and mike conley will be healthy next year we hope and just hope that the offensive part of it works out because they they i mean with the amount of shooting that they have still pretty good right and mitchell was was fantastic in these playoffs even with uh, the ankle issue another thought though is i mean i think if you could do a similar conception of that with clarkson like his value will never be higher so i think that like moving him right now would be a great sell high move because he's another guy who just all right, he got hot a couple of times in the playoffs, but he's someone who really, you know, beats bad defense getting into the lane with his floaters. He can't pass. He's gotten better as a defensive player but you know still not able to defend one-on-one that was a, a big problem that would also leave some room to bring in a little bit more of a traditional backup point guard type to just reduce the burden on Conley a little bit and you know if he gets injured you can still not have to play Mitchell at the one and have him do literally everything for you um, and Ingles was supposed to provide some of that value but I think you know in the playoffs he just didn't it, switching Joe Ingles he's just completely taken out of the game at this point so I mean you know honestly moving on from Clarkson Ingles and favors like all three of them wouldn't be crazy to me just in an effort to get more athletic but still maintain the core identity of what they were doing in the starting lineup um but it just depends what those guys value well so I, I think it's worthwhile at this p- juncture to go through something else because I'm sure this is what Dennis Lindsay and the front office are going to, which is if Mike Conley is elsewhere for whatever reason, whether that is he just wants to be somewhere else, the Jazz can't get the money right. There are all sorts of things. Mike Conley is an unrestricted free agent. He didn't, while he seems happy in Utah, he didn't technically choose to go there. You know, he was traded by the Memphis Grizzlies. So let's say Conley is elsewhere. The Jazz then, you know, maybe it could be structured as a sign-in trade so they get a trade exception. That is something Utah would like to do, but maybe maybe the other team plays ball, maybe they don't. As we said, as I brought up before, the Jazz aren't, aren't really great on sweeteners and teams don't really do that as pure charity 
Um, that would be one way, theoretically, they could get a trade exception for pretty much the value of his contract if he's signing with cap space and everything else. Um, but let's say, and so we can talk maybe about those, but to the more likely thing is that then in that circumstance, Utah gets the mid-level to work with, maybe not even still the full mid-level because we brought up how close they are to the, to the tax line. So let's say they have to find a point guard in that they would probably have a strong sales pitch for guys in that price range, but they also wouldn't be able to offer more than that price range. Yeah, so I mean, they, they just—they're in the bird rights trap with Conley. They—they they have to bring him back. I mean, there's just—I don't see any way out of that. And you know, obviously, if it's three years. 90 million dollars is the offer <sighs> right like i mean that's kind of i mean do you just do you just accept that because they they can't be a championship contender without mike conley like they just can't i mean unless donovan mitchell just has like an unbelievable blow up here next year and even then i don't believe that that they can i mean you still need another perimeter guy and that usually that's the guy you'd like to pay a bunch of money to but you know obviously gobert has that salary slot as well so i i mean i think you just Maybe you just have to move things around and make it happen. I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, that's all—it's almost like too terrible to contemplate. And I think he's a very good chance of returning there. Obviously, of course, there also the other option you can have is largely keep this group together. I mean, you will assume that they've created some modicum of space here by moving on, on from one of Ingles, Favors, and Clarkson without taking much back in terms of salary. And then you've still got players on the free agent market who are veterans that might be interested in the taxpayer mid-level or lower some of those names you know nick batum i don't think that the taxpayer mid-level in, in utah will be enough to get him he'll have taxpayer mid-level offers elsewhere places that he probably would rather be including with the la clippers for that matter Otto porter you know seems like he he'll probably be back in Orlando that they kept around maybe not I don't know we'll see what his market is like that's one that could because a lot of these are kind of eye of the beholder and we'll see who gets the offers above the mini mid-level who gets the offers above the minimum like that kind of just depends on on who you're thinking of here uh you know a return for Wes Matthews who started his career for one year in Utah uh you know there's your Tory Craig type Tony Snell Derek but Jones I don't I, I think Snell's a little too small since Right, yeah, Snell, Snell is not proven enough as a defender. Trevor Ariza, uh, you know, maybe Justice Winslow, if his team option gets declined, could be a reclamation project. I would actually be interested in Abdel Nader yep. there as well. Um, you know, you've also, uh, the Jeff Green thing didn't work out, but maybe as a, you know, they still would probably need to bring in some kind of a backup five type. Uh, Mo Harkless, uh, who I think I mentioned already. They do have George Niang as a free agent as well. And George, I think another guy where it would just make sense to move on for a different type of player, even if they won't be as good of a, a shooter and uh, basically just shooter as Niang is. His name just has struggled in the playoffs and just can't hang athletically. And especially since he wasn't hitting shots, I don't think you should draw too much into that, that he's not going to hit shots in a future playoffs. But you just you just need more overall team athleticism. So someone else uh, along those I, lines. I would, I would enjoy Ojale yeah. just to add somebody who's just really damn strong on the, as, as a different yeah. element of their perimeter rotation. Yeah. And, and, you know, having one of these guys that now you can just kind of leave, uh, that's... That's not amazing, um, but 
also, I mean, I think we've, I think they, they haven't, they went with the all defense and then they went with the all offense over the last few years with this team. And so maybe trying to get a little bit more of a mix is really the only thing that you can hope for. I mean, there isn't, there isn't the guy who can shoot it as well as that they want, who also can defend as well as they want in their price range. Like you're just going to have to make, I mean, there might not be that player period, much less in their price range. It's not that year. Yeah, no, it, it isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, Batum honestly would actually be perfect for them. But um, I think that's about all I got here, though, uh, on these guys. And I think, you know, I don't think we need to get into, like, specific trades for Clarkson. OG Ananobi, I'm sure, is someone they would love to get if Toronto goes into the total rebuild. But I imagine Ananobi's, again, I mean, I think if they really want to get better, just going into less protected picks in 2024 and beyond is really their only way to like bring in a guy who's going to impact things that that's what they they have to be willing to do that well and this is the the only thing kind of to wrap up the jazz is in some ways last year was the was the easy part in terms of the general manager now you negotiated the extensions but remember they gave donovan mitchell player option a year early something that happens very very rarely and i disagreed with though mitchell had a had a strong year overall and Gobert got a lucrative deal. And then they also gave big money to Clarkson and, and Favors. That's kind of the, the fun part. But now, and this season went amazingly. And so, you know, you could argue that, you know, and that's why Lindsay got votes for executive of the year and everything else. But now we get to find out where Ryan Smith's lines really are. Because now it's like, okay, the rubber's beating the road. You have to negotiate with one of these important players who can leave of his own volition, who, who has not been a part of the fabric of your franchise in the same way that Gobert and Mitchell have, where you know exactly how much keeping him is going to cost you. And just like the early part of the regular season is important for understanding, you know, what players have done, what they've improved, the early off seasons for an owner, especially with how well the Jazz played this year, are clarifying in terms of what they're going to do. And so it's exceedingly important for the long-term mark of the franchise and not saying that he, you know, they can, they're locked in if they go 25 million over, over the tax that they have to say that way for the end of the year, but we will find out a lot. Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences, hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz, find your perfect mattress in under two minutes, and it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? Like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial. They're 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. 
And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easy to slash capspace. We talk about all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years. And it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Turn now to the Brooklyn Nets. And if you thought the Utah <laughs> tax situation was bad, the Nets uh, and uh, good old Joe Sy, uh, they've got a, a entirely different situation, even well above Utah. Oh, yeah. I mean, with without filling out their roster, if you just removed every single pending restricted for pending free agent, restricted, otherwise non-guarantee, everything that the, that the Nets have, they're still about $20 million over the tax line. And that's not even filling out a roster because when you have three players making over 35 million, two of them making over 42, teams get expensive really fast. Remember, the cap rose less than expected because of COVID and everything else like that. So this team is going to be comically expensive. And that means it's going to be a real challenge for Sean Marks to even just retain the guys they want to retain that are lower cost, much less somebody like Spencer Dinwiddie, who the reporting is out there now that he's going to decline his player option, as you and I both expected, even after his partially yeah, he, torn season. He, in fact, already, already did. Has. That's right. He, his, his deadline was two days after the end of their season. So... 20 million over the tax. We're talking, you know, as, as we do with Connolly, that's roughly, you know, like a 45, $50 million tax bill. That That's just the tax bill part of it. That's much less paying all the players. And it is, in some ways, it could be somewhat temporary because Hard, Durant, and Irving all have player options for next year. And, you know, I so, so, and you don't want any of them to leave, but maybe things shift around at that point. But this is going to be hard to navigate. Yeah, I think so. And we don't know exactly what they're willing to pay. And, I mean, the even bigger thing maybe than what they're going to do just to get better uh, i mean this is we don't need to get into this too much because i did a whole pod with hollinger on this but the extensions of harden durant and irving uh, as well are going to be a massive component of this but there aren't that uh, so maybe uh, we should probably try to limit the scope of this of just what it would cost to bring back the guys that they already have because i think they're they were so injured yeah it would be nice to get some some additional pieces to get a little bit better defensively but they were so injured that i don't think they're going to be like oh man we got to make major changes to this group in the same vein as utah but they would like to retain some of the guys that we have so maybe we just go through some of those guys and how realistic that is what their market might be sure so so Bruce Brown is a pending restricted free agent and his cap hold. Yeah, I, I believe he didn't meet the starter criteria. Either. Uh, no, he, he did. did. I actually just looked that okay. up. Yeah, so, so he's going to have a $4.7 million qualifying offer and... Uh, that will be his cap hold as well. Cap hold doesn't matter. They're so far <laughs> above the cap that they can't even see their feet anymore. But uh, yeah, so so that's, I mean, even if he doesn't get any offers in the marketplace, he's going to cost $4.7 million to bring him back. Right. And Brown, an extremely important part of what worked best for the Nets at different times. He's that that's You brought up the screening element because he's so fast after he sets the screen. And it's always going to be a patchwork quilt in terms of the other guy for the Nets. And I think Brown is a great option to have in those circumstances. You also can, you know, can defend on the perimeter and they don't need more creation other than when two of their stars
stars are hurt, so his limitations aren't as big a factor. However, I think those limitations could really curtail Brown's market. Now, he does get, he gets a little bit of shine because he was an important part of this team, but the Nets didn't make the conference finals, they didn't make the NBA finals, they didn't win the title, so it's, you know, not like some of the other players that you get a boost there. And Brown... While Steve Nash and the coaching staff and the surrounding talent put him in a situation to succeed, I think it's harder for other general managers to look at what he was this year and say, oh, that's going to work for us. Yeah, his shooting is pretty limited. That He wasn't asked to shoot very much. He took a few in the playoffs, but that's about it. And yeah, so I, I agree with you. His value is unique to the Nets and and the more of their stars are available i think the more useful even he becomes he's particularly useful i think to play pick and roll with james harden while also giving the team the defensive versatility that they need they needed they didn't have anyone else for example i mean i think the the fact that steve nash went back to him in game seven to guard chris middleton was very notable right they don't have anyone else who can do that and they have team control on him now perhaps if they are viewing themselves as really in a luxury tax bind and it's a decision between Bruce Brown at 4.7 million or giving out a new contract to somebody else who's kind of slightly ring chasing at the tax pyramid level, then maybe that becomes a, an issue. Maybe they, you know, they would get more of a additional three and D type of wing there. But I, it, so, I, you know, I think a fair deal for Brown might be somewhere along the lines of three years, 15 million. Kind of, he's in kind of a similar situation to like where Dorian Finney Smith was a couple of years ago. Um, uh, although I don't think he has the shooting potential that Finney Smith has shown, but maybe the Nets feel like they can develop Bron shooting, which would obviously be a benefit there. And, and he is, uh, I think, a little bit smaller, but also you know a, a very solid defender, and it also just keeps Kyrie Irving out of some difficult matchups as well. So I, that's kind of where I see that heading. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, it's uh, Mike Scotto reporting that he expects to get offers you know in the high teens at minimum. I mean, I think that's his value. Maybe there's a little discount due to the ACL. I, I just don't see any way in which they want to pay you know fifty million dollars extra in luxury well, tax every year to bring back Spencer Dinwiddie. It'd probably be more than that, honestly. And there's no real way for them to offset it. So like the that's the other striking thing about the Nets is that well, well they are going to move DeAndre. Sure, right? but like other they, than they, DeAndre, yeah, I mean, unless they're going to do something with Joe Harris, which it kind of doesn't it doesn't feel that way, though it's possible. Is that Shamit only makes four million? You know, Claxton's are keeping and he doesn't make that much. So you can't, you know, so if you pay Dinwiddie twenty million, the only way to get off of twenty million or close to it would be Joe Harris, because DeAndre alone is not enough. And DeAndre plus Shamit is not enough. Maybe and so and remember, we're talking about when these numbers, that's not even filling out the roster. And filling out the roster with minimums costs a lot of money. You know, like that adds that adds a fair amount to tax, even with the league subsidizing these one year vet minimum contracts. Um, one other kind of stray note on that the Brooklyn Nets have and I wonder if this was deliberate from Sean Marks the Brooklyn Nets have three late second round picks this year they they don't have their own but they have Atlanta's Indiana's and Phoenix's and those picks are extremely valuable for the Nets just like they were for the Milwaukee Bucks last year Indiana's not that late yeah Indiana is what uh 13th yes that's that's the 44th pick yes that one's pretty good um and so having that's the oh I just remember what that's the pick for oh yeah it's happened it happened daddy yeah, I mean, the, the trying to make the playoffs every single year finally didn't happen for the pace. I, I hadn't even pieced that together. One of my favorite yeah. pick protections. that was the, It was reverse the, the protected. Thaddeus Young, Thad, the Thaddeus Young pick. Yeah, so it's conveying. And 20, 2016 was that, Yes, that was 2016. Yeah. That, how many different teams has Thaddeus Young been on since also that part trade? Of the, also part of the, uh, well, only two, actually. But uh, 
also part of the Karis LeVert trade as well. Yes, it was. And so those three picks are extremely valuable for the Nets because there's this weird CPA nuance where you're so a lot of minimum players that make that are have fewer years of experience they count at their actual salary instead of counting or at the sorry they count at a higher experience level because they didn't want that to be an excuse for teams to sign younger guys or less experienced guys but there is an exception for signing your own second round picks so i expect brooklyn to use probably all three of those or three others or something like that and retain those players because that way you, that you just pay them less money you, it saves you a lot it saves you like millions of dollars at this level of tax so deandre the the nets oh, have their 27th pick Obviously, they can trade it after the draft. They uh, cannot trade any other. Well, actually, I believe that they will be able to trade their 2028 first rounder. Yeah, they will be able to trade their 2028 first rounder as well, actually, after the draft, uh, once the league year turns over. Um, yeah, or, you know, actually, technically after the draft. So, so yeah, they've got a little bit of ammo here. Uh, obviously, 22, 24, 26 are all gone to Houston unprotected, and they got swap rights uh, in those other years. But in 2028, they'll have their pick, a pick in 27, and then 28, then they could trade it if they wanted to. They could also swap. They could also so, swap the swap yeah. rights. So yes, I, I I suppose so. So they've they've got the ammo to get rid of DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I think I would think that the twenty seventh pick would be enough to get off these last two years of DeAndre at uh ten and and nine million approximately each year. And there's been reporting that DeAndre, you know, the the even though he was supposed to come in and, and be a buddy, that that's viewed as enough loyalty to have given him that contract that they can trade him now. I mean, that's. It's just for a guy who didn't play a single minute in the playoffs to be taking up $10 million and, you know, probably $40 million, depending on where they fall in terms of tax payment as well. I mean, that you just have to move on from that and, and replace his salary slot. Now, he can also be matching salary in a trade. I mean, it might be possible that DeAndre plus. 2021 plus 2028 you know maybe you can get somebody who's a little bit more athletic on the wing there uh, as well to bring back in that salary slot or you just more realistically probably just end up dumping him uh, or maybe you can get someone who's a second draft type of guy that they feel like can fit into their system a little bit um you know sort of along the lines of a bruce brownish guy back where you still are moving off most of the salary um yeah so I, I mean i don't see any way that dinwiddie could be back maybe if his market just dries up I, you also wouldn't think he'd wants to come off the bench right, like these guys a, a, make, a make good contract a proof it contract would be better to sign with almost any other team in the league than than i mean because yeah. they have but but maybe maybe they would say you know his market dries up a little bit there isn't a cap space team that's interested so he says okay i'll take I, i've been injured a lot i haven't made that much money in my career i'll take a four-year deal at 15 million per with the max possible so that that ends up starting at like you know 13 million with the max raises just with the idea that he's probably going to get traded and the nets are like hey we're we're going to we'll rehab him a little bit teams some team will be interested and then we can trade him later and we're we're fine with just paying what we got to pay right now you know may, maybe that's that's a very unlikely conception but maybe something yeah and and i happen. wouldn't be stunned if dinwiddie gets less than you and i both think he deserves but it seems like it'll be more robust than that and, and to me if he was going to sign for that like 15 million or whatever probably be for fewer years just because to try to get back out there i think dinwiddie has a lot of confidence in his in himself but 
and there are teams that should be interested in Dinwiddie. We brought up the Connolly destinations before of like the Mavericks and the Knicks and right. I, all of them should be interested in Dinwiddie. Um, Miami, depending on, on you know, where, where he goes. Um, and, and, you know, OKC is in a different place. I wouldn't necessarily expect them to do it. And even like maybe there's a conception of for, for Toronto where he makes some sense there where you kind of like want to stay a little bit relevant, but I don't think that's where Masai is going to go. Um, but Dinwiddie is a good player. Maybe he sees it as an arbitrage opportunity where you can give him give him the reins for six months and then get something for him um but the other how about at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Some of these other, these other free agents well, so, here. Yeah, yeah, we can start with their guys. So I wouldn't be stunned to see Blake Griffin back. I think that, you know, he's, unlike Dinwiddie, Blake Griffin has made plenty of money in his career. And, he, you know, he can do whatever the hell he wants. If Blake Griffin wants a, wants a bigger... Yeah, he, he gave up $15 million to come here and, and compete for a championship. So it seems pretty clear that he doesn't really care about getting, you know, an extra $3 million or right. something. Like, he, I, I could see him just coming back. I could, I could see it too. Um, And you would want Griffin on a one-year minimum because uh, that way the league subsidizes a lot of it. And that also matters for the tax. Giving him a two-year, like the Marcus Soul thing with the Lakers last year, would actually cost the Nets a shitload more money. Yeah. Also, Griffin could block a trade sure. if he wanted to um, uh, with that. The ongoing question of whether Jeff Green will ever make more than the minimum again will be present here. If <laughs> if he wants to make more than the minimum, I my instinct is for the same financial reasons I brought it before, it probably won't be in Brooklyn. Maybe Brooklyn would be willing to stomach the like the non-bird 120% with, with Green just because he fills a role for them and, and kind of a hard one to find for that kind of a price point um and everybody else i think you know i would be pretty much fine with with walking away from mike james meh you can do it either way well well he, he's got to go back to oh, that's Jessica right anyway um tyler johnson meh tlc if he wants to come back for the minimum i think that's totally fine yeah. it, 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 right i mean if a guy like tlc played some minutes but to me i'm willing to just try to cycle through on some other minimum salary slots with guys who might eventually be able to contribute in the playoffs. They've got a non-guarantee for next year for 1.7 million with Alize Johnson. And I guess he guarantees on September 4th. So I guess we'll get a chance to see what he looks like in summer league. I mean, he's been there for a while, obviously. It just... I'm just not sure how it is that he's going to be able to contribute to a playoff level team. And so I think at that point, you you know, they, they don't need developmental guys at this point. I mean, maybe they feel like his shooting could be better. They He's got two more non-guaranteed years. But I, I think, uh, well, yeah, and actually his guarantee date is, you know, it's only like $100,000, $200,000 all the way up until the league-wide cut-down date. So, you know, maybe you, you keep him around. Um and see if he wants to be uh, on the end of the roster but i still i mean i i'm just bringing in every vet minimum guy that i can i mean your your garrett temples avery bradley you know i'm sure they'll go with like some names i would like to see these guys get another point guard option to replace james though i think they really need that for the regular season just to kind of keep everyone healthy and uh on the odd chance that uh james harden or kyrie irving could miss a game or two yeah one challenge though is that there there really aren't that many clear-cut roster worthy players who also are clear-cut for the minimum like maybe somebody like Corey joseph or home neto be an option there um you know who i 
actually, although he's not really a point guard, but he has like a few of these skills that I would consider bringing in if he's healthy is Dante Exum because he also, you know, he's got some ball skills, but he also has like that perimeter defense and athleticism that they could use. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're Jeff Teagues, you're Ish Smith. I mean, whoever of these guys kind of fall through the cracks a little bit, uh, Corey Joseph, Howell Neto, the, the, I wouldn't want to spend anything above the minimum on, you know, uh, uh, my tax premium level. I mean, that's got to be reserved more for more versatile wing guys to me but uh those are the type of guys you're looking at brad wanamaker uh, as well so and then so the same list of guys we're talking about with the jazz earlier uh andre guadala trevor ariza Otto porter dj tucker yeah that'll be int- i mean the the bucks have full bird rights on him though i would be shocked if they don't just get yeah, it together we'll to bring see. him back they can offer him more. i i wouldn't i mean yeah, PJ, we, we, I, we, remember pj tucker is unrestricted he can do whatever the hell he wants and it wouldn't stun me if he'd like to play for the play for the nuts he would also really like to make some money True. Though, it seems like uh, i mean which he needs to, he needs to get more clearly he needs to get level. more shoes his collection is minimal <laughs> yeah i mean so would the dream scenario of like realistic dreams be batum for the not for the taxpayer mid level oh surely yeah i think that would be the, batum is gonna have his pick of the litter for the taxpayer mid-level. and i i think he's i think and, he might I mean, get more than that well, yeah, it's just a question of whether he wants to take it or because uh, he he just got stretched. He didn't even have to buy out. Yeah. Um. You know, the uh, maybe. I, I think it'd be good. There's someone they for, could, for the yeah, minimum. I think it'd be good for them to add one kind of traditional burly center. You know, just to, to doing the sure. idea like the Warriors and so many other teams. If you want guys that can do different things, um, Deadman I think would be a, maybe my favorite of those potential guys who could who might accept the minimum. Yeah. I I think you'd want someone who could at least like protect to guard Giannis in that situation yeah but we'll see I I oh think my god I would love Boban on this team oh that would be so amazing <laughs> yeah just put, play some zone uh actually you know who, who I think would be an interesting one although I would imagine he'd New York would be more interested in retaining him as uh, Tosh sure, Gibson. Totally on board. New York, Brooklyn native, actually, I think, in fact. But we'll see. This will be an interesting, just what types of players they bring in on these minimums as obviously an elite destination will be fascinating to, you know, in the ever-present discussion of whether KD and Rich Kleiman or Sean Marks are running things or not. Because I'm sure, like all of these players who kind of get some personnel power they're going to just overemphasize bringing in some vet but hey blake griffin actually worked out better than i thought he would for them so well well so uh, so, you know, so here's the important it, question though is there somebody yeah. else from the 0708 sonics that they can that they can bring in here i mean is they is they not are, is is johan is johan petro available um you know this is a very quick aside but how would that series of milwaukee have changed if lamarcus aldridge didn't have to retire yeah that would i mean would he have helped them would he it, have hurt they, them? It, would the defense would have been somewhat of a challenge but I, I think that would have made it less likely that they would have turned to Bruce Brown, and I think overall net it would have would have hurt them. Yeah, he would have helped them probably uh, offensively to space out Lopez sure. a little bit more. I don't know, or like yeah, or at least even just to be like on the games when they had nobody else, just be like, all right, we're gonna throw it to Lamarcus in the post here, just to get like a little, just something else, well, some other kind of. A and maybe you could have had KD. some more viable non Durant minutes in some of those limited. Just that, yeah, could that getting him a little bit more rest could have helped. Anyway, all right, that's probably enough. Also, I i could see rudy gay ending up here that's that's like kind of the the veteran type that they don't 
need you know but he could also like he could just replace jeff green like those guys are i think rudy's got a little bit more in terms of ball skills but and both of them are pretty pretty done defensively at this point but yeah all right i think that's all i've got on these guys anything else you wanted to really emphasize nope all right well that will do it for today catch y'all tomorrow at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.